seeking CT-9904, you will be pleased to know your vitals are at optimum levels. Go away. I am compelled to comply with your request. The data shows he's responding favorably to the procedure. Let's see if he stays that way. Ah, Governor Tarkin. Hope I'm not interrupting. Right on schedule, Rampart. I hear your chain code implementation has been most successful. Laying the foundation of our new empire is of the utmost importance. Indeed. Is that the enhanced clone from the report? It is. CT-9904 is the top specimen. What is the status of Project War Mantle? On schedule, sir. Our top recruits are here to begin their training. Under their new commander. A long time ago in theaters far, far away, four nerds got swept up by one of the greatest pop culture waves in cinema history. Now, as adults with a lifetime of fandom under their belts, they get together to discuss the mythology, characters, and business of creating Star Wars. Turn up your headphones, dial back your sensibilities, and join the wretched hive of scum and villainy as we take the low road to resistance. Episode 29 of Season 2 of Force Insensitive, a Star Wars podcast. And this week we're going to be talking more about the Bad Batch, specifically uh, Episode 3. Uh, I don't have the episode title. You guys know the episode title? Anyone offhand? Pop quiz here. All right. You both lose. I'll call replacements. Replacements. <laughs> I was just, just uh, delaying until I could find it. <laughs> So that's what we're doing, and uh, you know, let's get set up for attack run. This is Black and Blue Leader standing by. Millennial Falcon standing by. I'm here, Miss Johnson. Who? What? Oh, wrong thing. Green Sativa here. Getting high. Done and done. <laughs> Dishes done, man. <laughs> the bong is dirty, man. Not in my house. <laughs> uh, that's a well-oiled well machine. Yeah. My fucking my house will stop working before my bong does. <laughs> and uh, we better send out an APB for Mars. No one, and we actually don't even know where it is. <laughs> and all points, butthole. <laughs> you fucked it up. Oh no, Alberta uh, did that last week. I no, just no, fucking you fucked up. I did clever ways to use it. Oh, yeah, well, there's man. been zero days since the last butthole, sir. <laughs> yeah, now there has been, thanks to you. Mars isn't here, and I'm worried about his well-being, so i got to pick up the slack. I thought you were worried about his butthole. Nah, that fucker's been... De- it's been cybernetic for decades. <laughs> oh, God, imagine that. Wait, does that mean... He's a low, easily low-butt. <laughs> <laughs> low-butt. Wait, does that mean that Darth Vader has a, a cybernetic butthole? He ain't got nothing, dude. <laughs> Wait a minute, no. No, he chopped him off at the fucking thigh. So, he, yeah, oh, he still got it. Oh, true, true. 
So yeah, so this this begs to differ when fucking Vader's in that little fucking clamshell thingy. Is that where he's taking a poop? Is that his vac tube? Yeah, is it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. So Alberto is awfully silent right now. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> he's wait, thinking of interior design ideas. Wait, but Darth Maul had a cybernetic butthole for sure. Oh, he had nothing. Yeah, he was fucking done. He was cut out the waist. How does that work? What do you like? Does he even eat? And if he does, what? What? Where, where does it go? What does he? Eat? I don't know. This is this is a job for Loberto or Lobut. <laughs> Lobut. <laughs> Last thing I'm searching for online. <laughs> yeah, Google search that for us real quick, Loberto. Uh, wait, what's that, what's, <laughs> that, what's that site that had the Peppy Bow thing? Yeah, I'm not rule 34 in Darth Maul right now. <laughs> I bet there's a ton of stuff. Somewhere out there. I, okay, here's here's the thing I'm going to put out to whatever limited reach the show has. Uh, if anybody can find us definitive proof, if anybody has discerned what happens to Darth Maul's urine and feces, please point us in that direction. Yeah, Curious we, mind. we really want to know. This is one of those never-ending fucking, you know, theories that's going to fucking go on for millennia. <laughs> you know what? I bet he has some kind of contraption that just kind of, like, evaporates it. Like, as soon as it's produced, it just, like, just, I don't know, like, the, his pee turns to dust or something. What? I don't know. <laughs> what kind of technology resides in your I'm trying here. I'm trying. <laughs> Ah, fuck. If this is you trying, just give up. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Your mom was wrong, son. Just give up. Wow. Give up. Harsh, man. You're harsh in my, you know, vibe. Okay. Harsh in my vibe. I'll show solidarity. I'll just give up with you. All right. We'll let Alberto kind of run the rest of the show. Alberto, you and yours are now in control of everything. Have fun. Cool. Yup, dub. <laughs> it's, it's you and Chewy. <laughs> your show is chewy there with you he's somewhere oh all right all right so yeah we're gonna talk about episode three of the bad batch and i think we do have one voice message and there may be a little bit of news there wasn't a ton but there's some stuff to talk about so we'll get to that um but yeah i don't we should just get fucking started man let's jump right into this talk about I've been started for an hour let's go <laughs> episode three replacements <laughs> This one was uh, burped out by Nathaniel Villanueva and uh, written by Matt McNovitz and originally aired May 14th, 2021. That was like five days ago. To be fair, though, those Villanuevas, they can get you pretty gassy. Is that true? Yeah. All right. To episode three, The Bad Batch of... Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, that's, that's the series synopsis. I need to get the actual episode synopsis okay uh the bad batch gets stuck on a desolate moon doesn't get any more simple than that all right so we have obviously the returning voices of d bradley baker michelle ang as omega and then uh ben diskin as azi3 the uh somewhat annoying medical droid yep uh, Stephen Stanton as Admiral Tarkin, 
Uh, we have uh, a pair of other droids, ES droids, Emilio Garcia Sanchez and Daheli Hall, voice ES-01 and ES-04. And then we have um, Bob Bergen as Lama Sue and someone who I thought sounded familiar, but I looked him up and he, he is not familiar to me, is uh, the, act, the voice actor who does the voice of Vice Admiral Rampart, uh, voiced by Noshir Dalal. But I thought he had a pretty cool, unique voice. Um, and that seems like an interesting character that I think we might get a little bit more of as the uh, season goes on. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the uh, to see the supporting cast they put around the titular villains and heroes that are just kind of like, yeah. you know, kind of like what uh, Price was in Rebels or... Um, Oh, crap, I can't remember the guy's name from Clone Wars now. But he was that, too. He just show up every once in a while. He was important. Uh, the, the the announcer guy, the, uh, the admiral that turns into mustache yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I can't remember that character's y- name. Yularen. Yularen, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and I I mean, he's, he's, and he's also kind of like a big deal <laughs> because, like, a lot of the stuff that's going on um, – with him is like, you know, pretty important shit. Like the, the chain codes, like that was his idea apparently, you know? Um, well, yeah, he's, he's also in charge of doing the flip from clones to find, trying to find the way to, you know, bridge that gap between the clone soldiers and recruits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it seems like he's got a lot of responsibility. That's why I have a feeling he's going to be someone that we're going to be seeing uh, a decent amount of during the, at least this season, maybe not the series, but the season. So and see, somebody, I was having a conversation <clears throat> with somebody just recently and they're like, I don't understand why they wouldn't just stay with clones. They're easily controllable. And I, this one I had sort of an epiphany that popped on me and I, you know, it made me think for a second and I got, I came to the point, I was like, this is also part of the subjugation of the populace. If, if half the populace is military, they're more easily controlled and monitored. So like, yeah. this is advantageous for them to hold, you know, this empire together is by, you know, if your brother goes off and joins the empire and becomes a fucking stormtrooper, then, you know, they know about your family. Yeah. They know about you. So fucking, you know, it's a control mechanism. And and the other thing about that too, I think is, you know, they talked about it, about being cheaper, you know, so obviously that's, that plays a role. But now I think there, I think there's a, a an air of cockiness, to the um, the Galactic Empire because they are just in complete control. So, you know, I think that they feel like they can get away with having, you know, troops who may be a little bit cheaper, maybe don't quite follow the orders to a T like the clones did. Um, But overall, they can get bigger numbers. They can just recruit. And, you know, that's why... You know, we have all the propaganda that that will that we we always see for you know for the empire and stuff like that. So, you know, well, I think it's kind absolutely, of absolutely. But yeah. I think those two work together. That's why I'm thinking it's like that's a, you know the perfect storm for, for control of such a large you know population of people and systems, yeah. right? Hello, is this Beady 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 the Buck Rogers podcast? Beady Beady, go fuck yourself, Buck. I I have a question. If the Jason worm went into Ricky Schroeder's stepmom's vagina and she was William as Wilma as she was in the in the show Buck Rogers, 
would Space Jason come out instead? Uh, is this the Jerky Boys? Or would it be uh, would it be um like uh, a Jawa or a Romulan or something? Um, guys, Can you mute him? Yeah, what's going on? Who is this? It's me, your favorite. Mario? Yeah. <laughs> no, Wario. <laughs> we thought you were dead. Uh, I I wanted to be. I was trying to set up cable. You trying to set up and what? It, like, was supposed to take five minutes. If you're getting that exhausted laying minutes. cable, you should just stop. <laughs> Mars always gets exhausted laying cable. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I was doing. I said it'd take five minutes. I started at 8.30. It didn't take five minutes. Apparently the fuck not. Yeah, it sucked. Yep, no. But now baseball Thanks for is coming, on. Mars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. That's why now baseball is on and, and my life will be quiet. Are you sure about that? I don't think with the sheer quantity of yogurt, your life is ever quiet. I haven't had yogurt in ages. You should change that. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So it still we... sounds and smells like Bike Week in Daytona. Uh, we started talking about the episode, Mars. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> was I it? I enjoyed though? it. Huh? Yeah, was it I... though? You got a pass today, Alberto, because you made me swoon. I mean, not you personally, but you were involved in the swooning. But, yeah, no, I thought, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think last week knocked my expectations down a little. I, and I did feel like I missed an episode. Like, where did that fucking footy droid come from? Hmm? A gonk droid? Yeah. The gonk he was droid? In, yeah, he was in episode two. Yeah, I don't remember him. Helps if you but watch it. Supposedly <laughs> we talked about. Supposedly we talked about episode one. I don't remember that at all. So, man, are you the high one? Uh, drugs are incredible, high. right, Mars? No, it's it's not drugs. It's dementia. I'm the high. Dude, it's all <laughs> are you really though? Oh man, you knew. What's going on? What is even happening? Are we doing a show? Yep, dub. <laughs> Mars is the pee under our mattress. <laughs> Let's fucking clean him up. Then. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep getting high and fucking blend in. Mars. He's blended in. Uh, all right, so. See there? Maybe, maybe not. Um. <laughs> okay then. That that so weird brought everything to a screeching halt. <laughs> um. Okay. So the I actually kind of like the way we talked about the episode last week. We 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 didn't. We don't need to do it necessarily blow by blow about like the plot. People see it. Um. But I liked how we kind of talked about some of the major things, especially about the inclusion of of Omega. And I know Mars had some some feelings and some thoughts. Uh, did you now, Mars? You said that you kind of felt, you know, maybe your expectations were lowered last week. Do you feel that this uh, 
No, I think quote unquote fucking kids. I wasn't going to go there, but okay. Fucking children is what he said. Is he there? Who knows? It's so it's so random. Don't, and don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just take the opportunity. <laughs> Fair enough, Birdo. Hey, up. hey, hey! Oh no! I looked a gift horse in the mouth one time. Nine months later, he saw the other and gave me shit. Whoa! Wow! That damn! I get where you're going, but that seems like excessively harsh. He just called me a gift horse. Well, that's a good thing. The worst things you've been called, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. All right. So uh, I was going to try and ask you a question, Mars, but you, you weren't answered, so I don't know if you were there. But um, we were talking about how last week how you uh, didn't seem to be crazy about Omega. Uh, do you feel any different this week now that your expectations have been have been lowered? Well, let me clarify. I, it wasn't necessarily anything to do with Omega. That character is kind of fighting uphill for me because I, you know, I'm, I, I've had an Anakin and Ahsoka and, uh, 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 as, or whatever the fuck his name is from Rebels. Well, Ezra. And, uh, Ezra. Well, Ezra. We, we did only have, I mean, just, just to, you know, quickly jump in on the Devil's Advocate, it's only been two episodes. After two episodes, I don't remember what we thought of Ahsoka, but. Everybody, everybody hated Ahsoka in the beginning. When that show started, fucking even I was like, man, this little kid's going to be fucking annoying. And then it just changed on you. So, to be fair, that's what I thought in the beginning. I'm pretty sure Mars thought the same thing. He wasn't un- he wasn't sure about Ahsoka in the beginning of the show when you guys started watching Clone Wars. And, and to be quite fair, out of all of them, I still have a few issues with Ezra. Ezra's not as likable to me as the others are, personality. 100% agree. Even Anakin. And it's kind of like, um, that's the only reason that, I mean, his arc is great, but there's something about his personality that doesn't jive with me. Um, but that being said, I think this extra weird angle they're going to throw at us with this kid being, you know, hooked up with these clones is, I think, Whoa. going to be remarkable. What? Hooked Whoa. Up. Yeah, she's hanging out with these clones. Okay. Now got her own bunk at the back of the bus. She's got her own bunk at the back of the bus. But um I mean, yeah, I think we talked about that last week though. But yeah, yeah. and I, I'm with you when you talked about how we did the show last week. Like I like more discussing how you know the things that are coming to light are overall in the Star yeah. Wars universe versus doing a play by play on, you know, unless there's like a really cool fight or some yeah, shit. Obviously. Yeah. Exactly. And this one actually this episode to me felt a little like, like a Mandalorian episode where it starts, you know, and maybe that's unfair. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they're, they start out in the ship and they're in hyperspace. And then all of a sudden, like the ship kind of sputters out and they have to crash land, you know? Yeah. So, I see that more as a Millennium Falcon thing. Fucking breaking down when you don't need it to. Uh, could be. Yeah, it- that's fair. It is like, I feel like they've written themselves. I just paid 
forget it. Uh, like, <laughs> you, you know, now you just paid what? I'm uh, curious. Like, I now. just paid all this, all this money for baseball, and like baseball's happening, and a movie just started. I don't even care. Um, so, uh, I think they've written themselves into a corner with that, though, because I, I don't think that. Oh no, that's on my TV. Movies starting. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, so I I don't think tech like I think you know tech now left to his own devices like will like like that ship shouldn't be very broken ever you know like. Well, there is the there is the that's issue. your problem. Yeah. No, like it's just a, something that just occurred to me. They they got shot at. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. He would have later. He would have super tech powers, oh like God. force fields. <laughs> okay, but let me lay this into philosophy for you when it comes to ship repairs under this situation. You've got three things against you. You just shot your way out of an Imperial fucking starport. Your fucking shit's breaking down, and you're not sure where the hell you popped out of fucking hyperspace. Three... You're wanted, so you're limited in facilities you got because I'm not I'm not sure how much they have on board to repair certain things. You probably have to get outside resources and you can't just roll up into any fucking galactic starport right now having just blasted your way out of a thing. So it's not really easy if they don't have things there to rectify the situation. Plus, as Alberto said, it just happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean- eh, I don't agree. I think that uh, you don't agree that it just happened. <laughs> no, you don't know how long that was. I, I wish I lived on Mars time. You she wish you lived asleep. on Mars. So I, I tried know. that once, but he's really slippery after he eats all that yogurt. You can't stay on there long. Mm-hmm. I haven't eaten yogurt in so long. Where's the show going? We were going to such fine places. Oh yeah, yeah. blame me. I, the show still would have been seven and a half hours whether or not I was here or not. That's a lie. That's not true. It's <laughs> not me. I listen to those episodes. They're long. No, you don't. Me. And also, not only that, you don't listen to the about, episodes. You guys talked about Star Wars for nine hours once, and I wasn't there. Seven, but okay. yeah, but we actually talked about Star Wars, not <laughs> true, not not Duck Dodgers. Nope. Uh, it's Buck Rogers and no one answered my hey, question and don't shit on Buck Rogers my first direction was thanks to that show actually my second direction <laughs> Duck Dodgers yeah. is better what was your first Rick- oh I Dream of Genie. oh <laughs> okay that's when that happened hey what's going on down there did you think she put a spell on you it's possible that Joel Genie magic yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I wasn't even actually talking about like what currently happened to them. Like I just felt like they're not going to probably be able to do that as much because my personal suspension of disbelief will be like if every couple of shows starts like that, I feel like, you know, with press with the problem, he would like figure out a way to fix it permanently. Well, he still has time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, I wasn't necessarily talking about that. But that was something that literally just occurred to me now. You just want him to have some fucking super fucking Reed Richards level brain power going. You think he seems like he does. I think he's more of a combination MacGyver meets fucking uh Oh, who's the dude from the Matrix? That was the hacker. Oh, that was Johnny Pants? 
No, not Johnny Pants. I haven't seen Johnny Pants in anything in a while. I used to love that guy. Lawrence Fishburne? Uh, Who are you talking about? No, he was the hacker. There was the two brothers. One of them was Muscle, and the other one was their big hacker when they were back in the real world, and I can't remember his name. Man, it doesn't matter. Good. Anyway, that's, <laughs> I, I equate him as a combination of MacGyver meets that guy. So that's how tech reads to me anyway. All right. So, yeah, um, you know, the intro kind of felt a little, a little like that, uh, kind of like a Mandalorian style or, or like some, like, a mentioned, uh, millennial Falcon, millennial Falcon, millennium Falcon. Um, <laughs> it was like Alberto. Like Alberto. Yeah, exactly. It was like low butt. <laughs> low butt. Um, beedy, 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 low butt. but there's a, so there's a couple things, um, here, the, the, uh, obviously, I want to talk about the about Rampart and and his introduction. Jeez, what'd you eat tonight? Ha, oh, Mars? No, you. It just burped. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> so high. <laughs> it was just sustenance, man. I wasn't paying attention. Oh. Actually, I think it was a slice of pizza. Go. We're talking about Star Wars. Why? Go. <laughs> Are you so distracted by small things like bodily functions? We're humans. I forgot to hit the mute button. I'm sorry. You're just lucky your wife is distracted by small things. Oh. Oh, hey, guess what, guys? This show just became I'm going to let Mars argue with my wife time. Hang on one second. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Let's see how fast Mars runs oh, off no. this fucking so oh, no. hey hon guess what mars just said he wants to talk to you personally <laughs> oh no mars he can call me anytime when i'm not podcasting and talk to me about rocky's thing <laughs> oh no we're gonna have that conversation right here in the open <clears throat> no 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 this, this isn't happening oh fuck with me man that's all i'm saying <laughs> fuck with me it's been a day and i'll fucking i'll i'll fucking cut a bitch Uh, anyways, what happened to this episode? <laughs> um, I love you, Mars. What a bitch is my club name. <laughs> the one of the cool things, uh, there's like kind of like a nice little bonding moment here uh, at the beginning as they're about to kind of before they crash land. That is when um, the they they have the the food rations and hunters kind of passing out food. And Wrecker's like, oh, that's it. And then uh, Omega's like, here, you can have mine. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, Hunter's just trying to, like, play sort of like the dad. And no, don't, uh-huh. you know, that's that's hers. Don't give it away. <laughs> um, you know, I just thought it was kind of an interesting little bonding moment and showing how, you know, they're kind of, like, adjusting to having um, this, you know, this young girl with them. So, um, but yeah, uh and during the crash landing, uh, Wrecker mu- must have got like a concussion or something, which I thought was a good way of kind of bringing him out of the episode where he, you know, where they kind of told him to kind of hang in, inside the ship. Yeah, it gives a different dynamic to how they got to do the operation. Yeah. Um, but as far as like their mission on the the planet, do you guys know what, does anyone remember what planet was that they crash landed on? I don't even know if they said. I can't recall. 
That's low burger questioning right there. Uh, it was a moon. I don't remember. I, I don't even know if they knew. Yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can. Yeah, I don't know if it was ever mentioned, and I know they didn't know where they fell out of hyperspace. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try to find out. Not that it really matters, because if it was, it was probably a, just a brand new um, planet. So, but while they're there, you know, basically just trying to repair the ship. There's like a capacitor. Um, that they had to replace and it just so happens that one of these like dragons or wh- I can't remember what they called them. Um, oh, uh, Ordo moon dragons. Um, and apparently it was just a desolate moon. I don't think they mentioned what the name of it was. So maybe it was Ordo moon. If they were calling them all Ordo moon maybe dragons. It maybe it was. Maybe. Ordo. Um, but one of the big points I want to talk about is Rampart. And so we have uh, the clip I played at the beginning and the intro of the show was Crosshair coming out of like uh, what looked like kind of like an MRI machine. They were kind of taking a look at his 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 um, scan and, and, and inhibitor chip. Yeah. And so we have a scene with Rampart with uh, Tarkin and then also Lama Sue just kind of like talking about how he is and everything. And, and apparently he's doing well and like they, it seems like they have every confidence that he's going to be fine. And this is when Rampart introduces his first sort of um, crew. I don't know what you'd call them, but the recruits um, that will end up being like some of the first stormtroopers. And Tarkin asks him about, you know, the chain code plan and basically says, you know, is it, how's it coming along? And, um, you know, that's obviously, if that's Rampart, that's kind of like a, a big deal, you know, makes him kind of a big player in, in the empire, at least for coming up with the idea or at least seeing it through, you know? So yeah. I have a feeling so, we're going to see a lot more of him. In mythology, uh, you know, especially as was driven home in, in Rogue One, like, uh, it seems like Tarkin sets things up and then takes the credit for it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Oh yeah, he's an opportunistic bastard. So Rampot might end up in a ditch at some point. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, but what did you guys think of the Imperial uh, Stormtroopers that they introduced? So we have these four uh, that are supposedly, you know, good soldiers and they're going to follow uh, Crosshair's orders. And then Tarkin sends them to um, Onderon to basically do the job that um, the Bad Batch didn't of taking out, take out all of uh, Saw Gerrera and, and his people. I thought it was interesting that there was like a kind of prototypical like empire like specious among them like he didn't trust the he didn't trust crosshair right away because he was a clone yeah yeah and they they also drove that by like making a blonde hair and blue eyes too you know like so they're, they're not hiding the cards very tightly in this um, oh no that was i mean it was one out of the four of them yeah. Well, and the thing is, is, too, at this point in the Empire establishing, Palpatine's only going to have people who are zealots moving up through the ranks because they've got to really believe behind everything 
that he's pushing for it to work. Well, so, I think only zealots think, will last, as we see later yes, on. Some exactly. of them are, you know, some of them exactly. are human beings. Yeah, who have consciences and can only go so far. Yeah, that's the thing, is, you know, so we're going to see very enthusiastic people in those early positions who are willing to do whatever the fight. I mean, it kind of, it's kind of like, um, well, I guess, I guess to a lesser extent, Gideon in a way, you know, where it's like, you know, still 100% behind pushing the agenda that was set forth even before the fall of the empire. So I think, like you said, the ones that long last were zealots in the beginning of a hardcore nature. And, you know, it's like, it's like if you take, you know, our history and, you know, the whole, you know, Dr. Mengele escaping the, you know, South America theory and all that shit like that, you know, it's, it's kind of that, right? Yeah, so for the, sure. Yeah. I, and I, I also think like, you know, another thing you're a hundred percent right. And also like, uh, as, as, when you're building armies, um, as opposed to recruiting armies, like from, um, you know, like say, you know, your home world, you know what I mean? And you have a defense force and people volunteer are drafted when you're kind of just putting out the call that you want soldiers. Um, you know, there are a lot of Luke Skywalkers and whatnot in there, but you're also going to have some people that are like, you know, on the lamb or, or, you know, just not very good people. So, uh, you know, I, uh, the only thing I don't like about the fact that the stormtroopers ended up not being clones was that, um, if they were clones, it would explain why they were all such shitty shots, but <laughs> not that clones were that we saw, but like, you know, if these were like, uh, cheaply made clones, like <laughs> cheaply dollar store clones. Yeah. Yeah. But, what? And that's the thing, too, is, I mean, they already have mentioned, too, that, you know, the DNA has been diluted at this point. They're not going to be able to use the Django Fett DNA mm. very much longer. So they have to move yeah. on to a new phase of this. Yeah. That's, and it's interesting. I wonder what they would have done. Like, if they had continued the program, if the Empire, you know, decided to continue, like, I wonder what they would have done with that, you know? Yeah. I assume they, I assume they modified the, uh, the Django DNA enough where it was like its own thing like kind of creating yeah, yeah. creating someone from scratch rather than solely just cloning someone yeah it, i suspect it would have been proto death troopers right like they would have took away almost all their humanity they would have been like flesh robots i i bet well, somebody brought up an interesting thing. And once again, this is just somebody's random theory or whatever that, you know, judging from how they've started making the uh, Bad Batch's armor look, you know, being sort of the ash gray black thing. Uh, they were wondering if maybe that's what Death Troopers are, is some later hybrid of clone something. And that's why they're a unique squad. So that's a theory. Yeah. Uh, and I really dig their look. Um, it's It's an interesting combination of the the helmets look like the clone um helmets and but they have the grid of stormtroopers they have the stormtrooper yeah. grid on the lower portion yeah exactly and and they're sort of like this kind of charcoal sort of like dark um color um you know i didn't think it looks uh it's it's a good look i i, I like that it's you know at this point they've done almost every combination of 
different kinds of stormtroopers. So we've seen so many different ones. But I like that this. Well, it's neat to see the evolution. Yeah. Like you know, we see clone. Like I'm a huge fan of Phase One clone trooper armor. I think that looked the most like classic sci-fi to me when I saw those first designs for what the clone troopers look like in Episode or Episode Two. I was blown away by the Phase One with the fin on the head and everything like that. But it's been really neat to see how these series have shown how the technology and the uniforms and especially troopers evolve is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this definitely has echoes, <laughs> echo, uh, echoes of the death trooper armor, which I think is, is cool that they did that. Um, because this is, if I'm not mistaken, we haven't seen any death troopers yet. Right. In, in, uh, the timeline. No, not in this. Because no, the, we first, saw him the first time we see him is is Rogue One, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I guess it could be Rebels, depending on the timeline. But yeah, Rebels I, Rogue timeline. One. It's it's Rebels, but yeah. So this seems like, and th- these guys seem like they're going to be sort of an elite squad. So I could see that being sort of like the genesis or like the the originators of like Death Troopers, almost. You know, like the most highly trained or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it even takes it up to the other echelons of thing too. Like, uh, are we ever going to get a story? And like, maybe, maybe in this apprentice show that's coming out that's supposed to follow a dark Jedi, we'll get some Sith lore given to us. Because I would really like to see, you know, who who maintains those fuckers who are royal guards. You know, at what I mean, in Episode One, they're just blue guys who are trained to, you know, be the guards of the chancellor but i've you know once the sith is in power i you know the crimson guard is a different thing i'd like to see that evolution too how yeah. that comes to me. yeah you yeah, know i agree with that so you know i like the introduction of this this crew and right off the bat we get one that is kind of like at odds with with crosshair <laughs> um you know basically saying it's only a matter of time before i'm the leader and uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one that doesn't make it past this episode, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I actually love when it happened. Like when it went down, I was like, well, it, you have to solidify your main antagonist for the season as being dangerous. And like at that point, that really, that, I love that whole scene just setting up who Crosshair is now. Yeah. And there is, um, there is a couple of, instances in this of um kind of like them talking about missing crosshair and wanting him back and you know like they're definitely sort of teasing that out now whether or not that's just going to be to build up the um you know the rivalry between them even more or if there's an opportunity that will that crosshair will get back with them you know so i don't know what's going to happen there but i like the way they're building it up they're building some tension and they're making it so that it's it's not clear which direction they're going to go in you know well i think in the heartfelt way in which they did it actually because that that scene where uh omega reaches over and is like what's this and that's when i looked over and realized it's crosshair stuff and then that's where they you know hunter got the idea he's like well two of us can bunk together let's just move crosshair's junk out and give the kid a room you know it was you know that was sort of a very poignant subtle moment that if you weren't paying attention it's like yeah they've had to come to terms with the fact that you know 
<laughs> Crosshair might not be back in this group, but the kid is. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if what happens there, and then also is is this are they building up sort of like an anti bad batch, if you will, like like they're they're antagonists, you know? Um, because now we have four, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So there was the yeah the the stormtroopers that brought in. There was four of them, and then Crosshair, and now one of them's dead. So there's four left. So that means we got four, and then the bad batch. Uh, we have four, and then Omega. So. It just seems like well, this is setting something up here. <laughs> this ties into what Mars just said. Actually, this could you could see what Crosshair does. Maybe Crosshair. Maybe we have a few runs of him with running with these normies, these humans, and he realizes no, and he has a better idea how to somehow. Maybe we see the birth of the Death Troopers, and Crosshair is the reason they fucking exist, dude, because they were fucking built to destroy the Bad Batch. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and. You know, they do tease that whole thing. And even for Crosshair, like when he gets back into their um, their bunk, um, he looks at the um, the marks on the wall that Wrecker had left. You know, like even something subtle like that where he just kind of like glances at it and, and his like eyes hang on it for like a, a sec- like a couple seconds too long, you know, meaning like, oh, he's thinking about the the crew, you know. Yeah. It's going to be very. It's going to be a very heart wrenching story when we see whatever comes to pass between Crosshair and those guys. And so, in terms of the storyline that we have on the on the planet, um, if we're if we're calling it that, the Ordo Moon, um, we we basically have Omega since since Wrecker wasn't going with. Um, with Hunter because he was, you know, had a concussion or, or was just down for the count. Uh, that's when Omega says, you know, I want to go. And he's like, no kid, stay here. And then she's like, well, I'm part of the crew now. And he's like, well, I guess, you know, you're right. And it it turns out that she kind of saved Hunter's ass in in a way, um, because Hunter lost his, um, his, uh, breathing device and was kind of unconscious for a bit. She put it back on him, but, um, it was, not that it was like difficult to believe because I think she, you know, she hasn't, she doesn't have much experience, right? Like she's so green. Um, you know, she grew up on Camino and that's pretty much all she knows. So now she's here. She sees this creature for the first time. She's literally just seen dirt for the first time. Like, you know, (laughs) one episode ago, you know? (laughs) So, but in, in this, she's able to kind of save, the capacitor from the, the order of moon dragon. And, you know, and she shows some intelligence of like giving it the flashlight and to distract it and then taking the capacitor. So I thought that that was, you know, definitely showed that she was kind of like with it. She kind of knew what was going on there, but did you guys get any indication of what her powers might be was there any giveaways i i didn't happen to notice anything specific but i want to get you guys to take i feel like they're setting up where she can like either mimic or learn anything almost instantly yeah because i feel like was it two episodes ago the first episode where like all of a sudden she's like this expert marksman out of nowhere that's true oh. and then this one she she's like learning how to track from hunter yeah that's actually a really good point um 
because yeah, she did pick up on the on firing of the gun exceptionally well. And yeah, and she's like, I want, you know, I want to learn to track like you. And he's like, you know, and so she's kind of mimicking him a little bit. And um, yeah, I could see that. I, I could see her picking things up quick like that. Um, I don't know if that's her her ability, but um, she's definitely doing that regardless. She may already have it all. True. She may you be a mix she may of be them. All of them. Yeah. Is she, you know, once again, you know, if she's a clone and they're looking at having to get past the uh, stage they had with Django and these initial clone sets, the way they tinker with the DNA and who they use to whatever her and the way they program her and they've been programming the series of clones for how many years now and who knows before how well they're at imprinting armies in full. Um so who's to say, man? I mean, it could just be imprinted in her DNA that she's the fucking super of super soldiers. Yeah, could be. And I, I imagine that we're going to probably go um, probably the entire first season or almost the entire first season before we find out for sure, if if even then, you know. But I did think that that, that was – you know, it definitely showed you a little bit and it was like, okay, well maybe, you know, that's what's going on with her or, or maybe she's just really smart and picks things up, you know? Um, but we did get a, some good insight into Omega and you know, how quickly she picks things up. And we definitely all went in our choice that we were going to, this episode, we said last week that there was a good chance this episode was going to be a more establishment of the villain side of things. And that's exactly what we got. It was really a big setup, like you said, with uh, Rampart and who he is in relation to Tarkin and what Tarkin's overall fucking thought process on the situation is going to be. It gave us what crosshairs actually fucking lining up to be. And it's, so it was definitely a villain side establishment, but yeah, they did a lot of good, uh, the acceptance and trying to get the Bad Batch understanding the fact that they've got this kid with them was the other side set, but it was really a big buildup for the bad guys. Yeah. And that's the, really the, the, the key point here is, you know, is, is that that's because really what goes on with the Bad Batch, you know, they're kind of like just stuck on this planet and there's no huge character development aside from, you know, a little bit for Omega. Um, but yeah, it's mostly, you know, kind of the establish, establishing the, the, the antagonists, the bad guys. And, and, and the other thing too, and they've been doing this in good little spurts through all three episodes, but we're also getting that middle ground factor. The main crux of what's going to go down in season one is going to pivot on what happens on Camino. I think the Kaminoans are going to have a big role in playing on what the fuck happens because they still the empire still needs them in a certain respect but by the same token they are eventually going to you know they the kaminoans realize that the fucking empire can be done with them at any fucking time so you can see that starting to split too there's this middle ground with one kaminoan who's a little more like no let's just stay and go with them make the business you know make ourselves important and the other one's like no we need to get the fuck out now before shit goes bad yeah, yeah, you can definitely see what's going on there. And, you know, now that we have these uh, stormtroopers, um, you know, I'm sure we're going to see more of the conflict between the Kaminoans and Tarkin. So uh, it'll, I'm sure it'll come to an interesting head at some point. But, um, yeah. And, and then, who doesn't like good head, to be honest? 
Everybody likes good head. <laughs> Is anyone like bad? Yeah, depends. Um, and the other thing we didn't really talk about too much is their mission to Onderon and pretty much taken out, you know, they did what the Bad Batch didn't and, you know, that Saw wasn't there, but they took out a bunch of, um, a bunch of his, his squad, you know. Yeah. Which is going to do fucking wonders for how Saw reacts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like slowly sending him down that spiral that he ends up in in uh, Rogue One. Dude, this is that spiral he's been going through since fucking his early days on his home planet when his sister died. The day his sister died, that motherfucker just went down a fucking pitfall of a slow burn. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> it was a fucking slow burn to that fucking point. That's why I would honestly say that the advent of Saw Gerrera has given us probably what I would consider the most tortured fucking um, hero or anti-hero, whatever you want to call him, our most tortured character in the Star Wars universe. And say what you want. Yeah. You have visually seen every major pivot point that has fucking broken this man. <laughs> like It's just like every time he's in something, you just know it's not going to end well for him. In an emotional standpoint. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Other than that, there's not a lot to happen in this episode. This was the shortest one so far. I mean, obviously, the first one was 70 minutes. Uh, I think last week was close to 30, and this one was, uh, I think about, if you take out the intro credits and the and the outro, probably about 23 minutes, 22, 23 minutes. So, you know, a little bit, a little bit shorter than, than the others, but... Um, but it was good. It was chock full of stuff for a short. That's that's what Filoni and his people do well. Is even when they're short, man, they pack a lot in short. Like you still get a good something out of it, and they did. They, they established the villains, and they established their acceptance to Omega being there. Yeah. Well, it was very economic writing. They used the fact that it was a visual medium to have, uh, to you know, to have everybody on the screen. And even all these other characters, um, you know, introduced some characters, but it was really three characters arc, you know, or, or the continuation of Crosshairs and um, Omega, you know, and, and learning more about where they are. And, uh, you know, we're seeing Wrecker uh, kind of learn uh, a, a like a, a patriarchal um or, or, or big brotherly, like, uh, generosity and uh, lovingness, you know? Like, so even though the, everybody was around and had some lines, um, you know, it was really about her braving that whole him showing how ruthless he was and, you know, Wrecker uh, kind of having an epiphany. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I just happened to look it up and... Um, the gonk droid actually was introduced in Clone Wars Season 7. So that's when we first saw uh, the gonk droid was in Clone Wars. I guess he was with the Bad Batch then. I had I'd forgotten about that. So. How could you forget about a gonk droid? <laughs> I don't know. I do love my gonk droids. Uh, also... I love your gonk droids. <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking at some 
some Easter eggs and stuff like that. Uh, the Easter's been over for a couple of weeks. Have you still got Easter eggs? Shove them up your ass. Um, that lunchbox, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, that Hunter was pulling food out of was similar to the one that Luke had in Empire on Dagobah. So just kind of a, a nice little, once again, kind of adding to it ain't, the, the... It ain't no ice cream machine. No, it's no comp, comp tono, no. but, you know, it'll do. Uh, Empire was on at the store the other day, and Luke pulled something out of there that looked... Or Yoda pulled something out of there that looked delicious. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Might have been Wampa Jerky. Could have been. Yeah, it was like it was hard, like a like a like a small breadstick or something. It's oh, those are those are those are that's a delicacy, kind of like uh, you know, in Virginia they have the whole mountain oyster thing. That's fucking dehydrated fucking uh, Kwakian monkey lizard penis. Nice. Um, here's another one: Project War Mantle. So when um. Tarkin names name drops uh, Project War Mantle to Rampart, and it shows up in Rogue One when Jyn Erso is um, going through the top secret data files. There, um, she rifles through some th- some others, including something called Project War Mantle. So that was a reference to Dark Saber to that. <laughs> um, and it was unknown what Project War Mantle was until now. So this is when, um, this is the initiative that Rampart is is sort of like pioneering, you know. Um, so kind of cool. We get that that little connection there about Project War Mantle, which ends up being the non clone recruits. Um, so that kind of puts a, a a little capper on that. So now we know what Project War Mantle is. Um. And there's also, I guess, uh, Tarkin's rank. Um, let's see. He's he his. Uh, it has been in, adorned with yellow, bringing the badge in line with the movies. So rather than a plot hole, this design change indicates a subtle off-screen promotion for Tarkin. So who now holds the rank of governor? Since Grand Moff isn't a thing yet. And Tarkin promoting Rampart to Admiral is further proof of his own new status. Leia also call, calls him Governor Tarkin in a, a New Hope. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think uh, Vader refers to him as Governor Tarkin at one point, does he not? Or maybe it's not. Oh, no, I think it's one of the dudes around the table, one of the council. Um, so there's some, some ideas being tossed around about Crosshair's new team um, and kind of what this unit could eventually turn into. Uh, obviously, Death Troopers, we talked about that a little bit earlier, could be a possibility. Uh, but there was also a comparison uh, that also could be made to the Shadow Troopers of Star Wars Battlefront. Um, so that By the way, could be. back in that episode, Back in that episode where the where Tarkin was testing the Bad Batch when they were in the facility on Camino, um, the last stage of droids that tried to kill him, I went back and watched some of that, and they're reminiscent of sort of what they did with the Dark Troopers and Mandalorian. Yeah. So I wonder if that concept is, you know, 
where that design came from. I don't know. Interesting. And another theory is that they could be they could be Scar Squadron, uh, which is also known as Task Force ninety nine, which is interesting. Um, and they're an elite Imperial Stormtrooper squad led by Sergeant Creel. Uh, one of their em- missions was to investigate Sunspot Prison, an installation that was recently abandoned by the Alliance to restore the Republic. Um, I'm trying to see where they made their first appearance. I think it was a comic book. Looking. Oh, yeah. Uh, first appearance was Star Wars nine, number 19. So that's one of the Marvel. That's the 19th uh, issue of the Marvel series that started in 2015. Interesting. They, um, they also remind me of Inferno Squad from Battlefront. Yeah. I yeah. I see that, too. That was actually what I was thinking. He was uh, Johnny was referencing when he said um, Shadow Squad earlier. I was thinking of Inferno Squad from that game. Because hmm. that uh, character from that, what's her name? Uh, the pilot. She, you know, they tried to make sure that her figure was out and everything like that. So very well possible she could be a big deal. Uh, the one from Battlefront. Yeah. From Inferno uh, Squad. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? Fuck. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd Versio. I'd Versio. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the one of the one of the um, Crosshair's new teammates, I thought was her at first. I was like, that kind of. Oh, really? It could. It could be her. I don't think it is because I think they might have like called it out, but um, I think her skin was too light. But hey, that's and she's way too young. Okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I was about to say age be a factor i think to be fair I mean, everybody's skin is too light in the show i know i was gonna say we'll probably talk yeah. about that in the news <laughs> anyway um yeah she would be an interesting character like i said they played her up much so it's a good possibility and i mean you know I, the fact that saw Gerrera is getting more play again too it'd be interesting to see the factions that saw Gerrera's group constantly went up against because whoever becomes whoever becomes the go-to squad for the empire right now is going to have to be sent to contend with Saw Gerrera a lot so it's going to be interesting to see how these you know different squads evolve to deal with you know essentially Saw Gerrera and his revolutionaries right I I gotta say is the one guy that's transcended all these animated shows the fact that it's Irritating Saul Guerrero is not my favorite thing ever. <laughs> yeah, no, that can get you in a have a bad day as an Imperial anybody. Um, and I guess there's been some parallels to. I don't know if this is done purposeful, but purposefully, um, but people have mentioned that there is some parallels between the story of the trooper that gets killed by crosshair and Finn uh, from the force awakens, how um, didn't want to be an assassin wanted to, you know, was um, of course Finn's very, Finn is very lucky. He was not on crosshair squad. <laughs> yeah, no shit. He wouldn't have it. <laughs> yes. Again, again, neutering the phasma paradigm. They did that already with how they used her in the films. But again, it's like, that's what phasma should have been. 
should have been Phasma going after fucking yeah. Finn on Canto yeah. Bite. That would have made that whole series of events much more believable and intense and given that character something to do. Um, so I think that's, I think that might be all the kind of little Easter egg type things. Um, but overall, what, uh, what'd you guys think of this specific episode? It was okay. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't anything horrible. Yeah. Rocky. It's a, it's, it's there. just a, yeah, exactly. It's it's there. I mean, it established what it needs to establish. Let's forget the villain side of things, but this is a setup. So they have to do that with the way Filoni runs a show. You have to have a good setup episode so that it makes the next four episodes fucking have grit, right? Yep. I, I, and from a writer's point of view, I appreciate it because, like I said, it, it it would be easy to tell all those stories inefficiently over 45 minutes you know like so the fact that it was a short episode it had a lot um there wasn't a lot of fat in the sense where um it everything meant something you know what i mean with the exception of Rekka's fucking headache like uh, i i thought something was going to come out of that but um uh, like I thought it was like a chip trying to turn back on or something, but, um, I, I, I appreciate that, but I will say that the Omega stuff is way less interesting to me than, um, than what's going on with Crosshair and, and, and pretty much almost anything else, which I, I think is, you know, I'm just one dude, but I think that that is a failing of a show uh, when your, you know, antagonist is more uh, exciting than your protagonist. They should be uh, neck and neck, but appealing in different ways. You know, like I'm more interested in Crosshair than I am in Omega. So therefore, you know, unless, you know, she gets left behind or dumped uh, so I, I think that from a long story long I'm sorry I'm being indecisive here but from a, like a technique point of view I appreciate this episode um, but as far as entertainment goes like I didn't care about that lizard and I didn't care about the fact that it you know ate electricity things and I um you know, and I, I was really interested in this new dirty dozen that they're building on the bad guy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so it's like really not even like, uh, like, um, comparable my interest in, in thing A to thing B right now. I think, well, well, I think it was on purpose though. So yeah. that you did care more about what the villains had going on, and nothing to me, like aside from Crosshair, nothing about the others, like re- like you didn't get a good sense of who they were. It's just like, oh, cool, okay, now he's got like a crew, but there's nothing interesting about them yet for me. Uh, I did think it was a really strong episode for to to highlight them, but it just didn't really show me much other than Crosshair gaining you know basically like earning control and and showing 
uh, that he deserves control of, uh, you know, to to command them. Um, right. Well, they know. lost their souls, too. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, you know, they're, they, they're they, in it now. Yeah. They, yeah, they executed and incinerated some. Yeah, people, innocence essentially. You know? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. So, like, now where whoever they were isn't important. Who they're going to be going forward is important. Yep. Now, now yeah, we're true. seeing. You know, we saw the first day of you know their new life. First day of school. Yeah, training day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm King Kong, motherfucker. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, once again, that was, this is the, I thought about this and it could just be me because I don't recall seeing any clones at any point in time in battle. They didn't have flame troopers. I don't ever remember seeing a clone flame trooper. And I, I wondered if it was like, cause fire is a hyper violent fucking tool. So it's like, I feel like we saw all clone troopers carrying big Gatling cannons and stuff like that, but fucking to set things on fire, like that's such an imperial thing to fucking do, right? So when flame troopers showed up amidst that thing, that's what I thought about it. I was like, man, they're literally just burning people alive now. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they do not give a single fuck. Well, f- fire is also super evocative of, uh, you know, what they're trying to yeah i know the uh, motif drive home. yeah yeah i know from, from burning books to uh people burning alleged genetically inferior like, like there was their move i like how it's it's just now that you're bringing up the whole nazi thing <laughs> no i've, I've like brought it up all along <laughs> Well, no, I mean, that's been the... It designed their uniforms to look exactly like SS exactly. officers. Exactly. What, Always have, we since talk, the first Well, we did Clone Wars, and then we talked about it in Rebels. And we talked about it before that, too, because just in general, I mean, we even talked about it when we did the First Order, when we were talking about the new sequel specials back in the day and stuff like that. That's but always been a motif since the very... The that was difference the difference is now we're seeing the genesis of it. Exactly. It's showing how those type of, you know, autocratic, you know, regimes seize, maintain control, right? So this is that time period where you're really seeing the hook sink in. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I, I, you know, I this was an enjoyable episode. I mean, you know, I think I have lowered expectations for this series than I did with like, let's say the Mandalorian Um, because this is, this is different for us because this is the first animated show we're doing on this podcast where we're only doing one episode at a time in the past. We've always done basically four at a time, you know? So if there's one that we don't like or it doesn't really work for us, just wait. And the next one probably will, or the one after that, you know? Imagine if we were doing Clone Wars from the beginning and end, what the one week we did was one episode where it was the droid fucking squad oh, yeah. episode. You know, I mean, that's that's essentially what we're doing now, which before we didn't have that because we were kind of at four in a burst. You're sort of getting a whole segment of stuff, right? So, yeah, it's, I, that's once again what I'm trying to say, too, is I'm watching it week to week. And Mandalorian's a different animal because it's live action, right? So they have to deliver a little something. But we know with Filoni's shows, he's, he's you know he's going somewhere. So you got to have faith that the journey he takes you on is going to have a payoff, right? Yeah. 
And this is, it definitely will pay off. And that's the thing. So I think my expectations are a bit lowered because not that this is, is any less quality than any of the other stuff. I think so far it's it's really well done. And I think they're doing a, a an excellent job of kind of building this aspect of the universe, whereas in the past we haven't really seen this um, this part as much, at least in terms of watching a live action or animated show. So I'm glad that they're building out this timeline um, because it, it, def- it definitely could use exploring, especially this is going to do now... I have a feeling this is going to do for the original trilogy, for the Imperials, what Rebels did for the Rebels. You know, like I feel like we're getting a bigger glimpse into how the Galactic Empire started and some of the decisions they made. So I feel like this is a great companion piece to Rebels um, because we are seeing things from the Imperial side a lot more early on in the, in the series so far, you know? So I have a feeling that that's gonna be almost a nice companion piece eventually to rebels. Plus, plus our heroes are directly tied to, you know, this regime. Like, so everything in their background is going to take us to, you know, to unlock those clues about, ah, you should have seen it coming because this was happening, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's, uh, you know, I think when even your heroes are directly tied to the fucking regime in which they're fighting, it gives you a completely different area of storytelling to go with. Yeah. And, and I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily think that we'll see too many of the rebel players, like in terms of like, I'm, I don't, you know, like, I don't think we're going to see Obi-Wan. Like, we maybe they'll make an appearance or something. But I, I have a feeling this one's going to steer clear a little bit of the main sort of players in um, A New Hope and, and Empire. Um, we may get some I, ca- cameos here and there, but I think we're going to steer clear of some of that. I, we're going to get a cameo, and here's the cameo. I'm going to put dollars to donuts on right now. I know the second I said donuts, Mars perked up. But I'm here to put money down now. And say, at some point, much like there's Saw Guerrera that you have to contend with, keep in mind that fucking Hera's daddy is a very big player in the fucking birth of a lot of this fucking revolution as well. Ryloth is not going to fucking fall to the Empire, so he's going to be there fighting. So Dollars to Donuts, at minimum, they will have to go to fucking Hera's dad. And at some point, you might actually see young Hera and what she witnessed that sent her down her path. I, I would not be surprised. One other thing, while you're saying that, I just got the sort of like feeling because we know that the uh, Wookiees were enslaved by the Empire, right? So I have a feeling. Well, yeah, it's Chewie. Yeah, I have a feeling we could see Chewie. We could see Kashyyyk and how that happened. And we could see a lot of the, uh, well, maybe not a lot, but some of the um sort of feud between the Trandoshans and, and the Wookiees. That um, would be awesome. And here's another one I'll throw some money at you on as well. Uh, they're going to be pitching this fucking Lando Calrissian Chronicles show that they're wanting to do with fucking Donald Glover. I would not fucking put money past the fact that he or somebody who sounds like him doesn't show up as that young Lando at some point because he was already in Rebels. Yeah. So there's a good chance Lando could... What if Lando and Hondo show up in the same episode? <laughs> well, oh my god well I also feel we're going to see 
some point we're going to see Boba Fett. Like, I think we're going to get a lot more of the underworld slash bounty hunter aspect of things and less of the Jedi um, Sith, you know. Well, we know Finnick's coming, and, yeah, you know, yeah. that's going to open the door to them using mercenaries to curtail some of these outer rims and capture some of these high-profile criminals. So, because I guarantee you we're going to see Saw Gerrera is going to strike back mm-hmm. at what the fuck they just did to his people. Oh, yeah. And whatever whatever he does is going to make them have to fucking get professionals to deal with it. So I wouldn't doubt we're going to see a lot of these bounty hunters going after Saw Gerrera directly, and that's going to be a thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I actually thought of this today because I just uh, in Bounty Star Wars Bounty Hunters issue eleven, it's about the the banking uh, whatever that organization is called. The guy that uh, runs that does like a most dangerous game thing, and uh, Bosk is in it, and it's just all about Bosk fucking shit up. But um, I, I think that we might see mercenaries and characters that are from different things or don't have as big of a like you know e- even as much as like like Bosk or like a four lombs you know, or one of those cats no no like not even that much because they've all like you know at least done something with but like maybe a character that was in like a you know that they they want to bring in from some expanded universe or some of the yeah. expanded universe stuff or, um, you know, someone who is a link, uh, more of a link to someone than, you know, than that person, you know, like to kind of yeah. put that, like in the same way that even though it's a big deal to us that, uh, Bo-Katan, uh, you know, is to like a lot of characters that could pop up, like just the fact that, you know, where she is, is a place marker for where other characters are. Well, I mean, let, you know, once again, this trailing off from the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars itself was ripe with the underworld stuff in there. Cad Bane, fucking Bosk, Dingar, fucking, you know, all those cats and the huts and just everything in general. And I think, you know, those characters still being around, obviously, because we all see them on that bridge of the Star Destroyer and Empire, right? So, if they're going to start using mercenaries, they're going to go for the top dollar ones. We're going to see Aura Singh. I hope we see how fucking Aura Singh gets off by uh, Woody Harrelson. But uh, oh, how she gets um, off by Willie Harrel- Woody Harrelson? Offed with a D. Oh, okay. Pervert. Now, that's, a, that's a character I could see. Yeah, that would be cool. Down the line. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would like to see fuck young Han Solo. Fucking do it. I, you know, fucking. I just want to see that. If, and I agree with you 100%, because right now you've got guys, former military agents running from the empire that is now in control of the entire galaxy. They're going to have nowhere to go but to the underground to get help. They're actually so, telling uh, that story some uh, in Bounty Hunters right now, like because the main nice. Bounty Hunter they've been focusing on was in the same uh, like uh pilot outfit as uh han solo in the empire nice yeah but I, like yeah i uh, i would like to see woody house and guy yeah beckett um was his name i i also yeah i'd rather stay away from han solo not not that like he would work in this i think but i feel like that's like 
too obvious. Like I think, yeah, I think I think Beckett would be a cool one. E- even um, I don't um, know how uh, she would fit, but Kira. Kira. Well, it would. Ha- you'd have to have Han with Kira at this point in time because they're still on Corellia. So oh, that's the issue with that. Okay, fair. But I mean, you've got you've got babies, all of Beckett. Right? Yeah. Well, no, they're not babies. I would say they're late teens at this point. Well, uh, um, and Enfys Ness is probably too young as well. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, of Enfys, but her mom. Remember, she said her mom was yeah. a freedom fighter too. So we could get introduced to the first Enfys Ness who wore the helmet. True. True. Um, uh, there's also the um, uh, Beckett's crew, um, uh, Rio and um, oh, Thandie Newton's character. I can't remember her name now. Val. Val. <laughs> so you know, there's his whole crew that could mm-hmm. show up with somebody else who you don't expect. Like maybe they're hanging out with Aura Singh because obviously Beckett knows Aura Singh. So who knows how that shit went down? So at this time point, you're seeing all these bigger players that come during GCW and after GCW who are going to be coming up in their younger forms. And like you said, if the empire is going to start using mercenaries, all the heavy hitters, the Republic already knew from those days when they fought against them for the trade federation or we're pulling jobs, breaking huts out of prison and shit. Yeah. So they know who those big mercenary players are. They know if you need somebody tracked, fucking get Cad Bane, you know, <laughs> fucking get Cad Bane in here to find this motherfucking Skywalker kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not to keep bringing this bell, but the, uh, I, I meant to screenshot it for you guys, but I forgot the, the kind of last bunch of villains that were, um, featured in that comic were the uh oh what the fuck are they called they like they they were on the skiff guards the um the weekway yeah they were the weekway weekway pirates that uh hondo yeah. was uh in charge of and they mentioned mm-hmm. like this never happened when hondo was here it's like shut up you're oh, too nice. young to remember yeah. how much of a mess he made everything <laughs> that's cool Fucking Hondo. And we all know Hondo is everybody's favorite. So if you think he's going to do another series and Hondo ain't showing up, you're full of shit. And do you guys remember who did the voice of Rio? Yes, we do. That was Mr. Favreau. Yes. (laughs) He was Rio. I got the... I've only got three action figures from the uh, three black series from the solo set. And I had to get Chewie with the goggles because I fucking love it. When Chewie was in the goggles on the train yeah. heist, I fucking dug the shit out of that form of Chewie. Uh, I got Beckett, and I got fucking Rio. Also, I don't know. I forget how how he relates, um, but potentially Dryden Voss, right? Oh, yeah. He would be a great character to show his early stages of yeah. working with the underworld. Because, again, at this point, Maul is still fucking crime lord, so... Well, and we saw Dryden in uh, Clone Wars. True. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of potential here, obviously. And I, I do hope that they lean into the underworld uh, a little bit more on this show. I, I know that they'll probably do that. You know, they're definitely doing that on the Mando show. But now that they've introduced Luke you know, all bets are off, right? Luke and Ahsoka. Um, well, plus this, this sets up the waters for Book of Boba Fett too, if they establish true. somewhere where the underworld is. Yeah. I, actually, that sounds like a really great opportunity to set that up. It would be neat to see some, you know, even though he was around in Clone Wars and, you know, like to see uh, some of the like uh, post, uh, like some of the proto- Jabba setting up 
stuff, you know, like uh, him becoming the like his, power his player empire, in the essentially, yeah, yeah. His, his criminal empire, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, there's a lot again, of potential here. Prince Zor, man. Because yeah. another thing, too, they haven't dealt with either has nobody has been back to Coruscant for a visual family. Rebels, they never went anywhere near Coruscant. We don't know what yeah, that was true. like during the transition of the Empire to the fucking, uh, from the Republic in the core of the fucking everything, right? So uh, I think this is a good opportunity because if they like they pulled Thrawn and they could pull Zizor in at this point in time where, cause I mean, that was his storyline was he was a crime Lord on fucking Coruscant and he made the deal with the emperor to stay operating. So he was yep. like the only powerful crime syndicate. And, uh, this would be a good opportunity to see that unfold. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a lot of, uh, potential here and, you know, w- you know, I think this was a fine episode. It, it Not a lot happened, but I'm in the point where I don't really, I'm not anticipating like a, a like there's 16 episodes in this, in this season. So unlike Mando, which is eight, you know, we obviously have a little bit more going on here and um, longer to, to tell that story. So I do, I am fine with these, with these episodes that are kind of like, you know, maybe light on character development, but advance the story. Building. Yeah, world building and advancing the story a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, totally on board with with that. And you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing seeing the next episode and and seeing what they do. You there. know what? I hope they really give us for Mars's sake and kind of mine, just because I'd like to see the giant tears that Alberto would cry. I would like to see the fucking because uh, again. Naboo is Palpatine's homeworld. What the fuck happened on Naboo? I would like to see the extermination of the fucking Binxes. The Binxes. Yes, they... yes, yes, we do. We want dead children. <laughs> How about you? If you could see the fucking Holocaust of the Gungans, dude, oh that would God. be fucking insane, man. It would actually give people fucking pause for a moment to fucking actually care about a fucking Gungan for fucking 30 seconds. Nope. Well, we could also see, you know, a lot of these um, missions that the Empire is, you know, like, what was the um, project? It was the, Inf- I can't remember the name of it now, uh, Inferno. Um, the one War that, Mantle. No, uh, the one that um, uh, Bill Burr's character referenced. Oh yeah, um, that was the Inferno Squad's mission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, from Battlefront. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it Project Inferno? No. Fuck, I can't remember now. But yeah, the night of God damn it! What, what did he refer to it as? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to look it up to see if I can find. I'm gonna go watch Mando season two when I get off this call tonight. That's gonna be my viewing while I do my writing. <laughs> what was um what was Bill Burr's name in Mayfeld? Right? Yeah, Mayfeld. Yep, Curtis. Curtis. <laughs> Curtis Mayfeld. Yeah. Curtis Mayfeld. That'd be ridiculous if that was his fucking name. Um, I want to see more about that guy. We're seeing the fucking birth of the empire. How long was fucking? We might actually see Mayfeld in fucking Bad Batch. Wouldn't that be fucking nuts? Even if he's just in a brief thing, Private Mayfeld, <laughs> Trooper Mayfeld, get in line. 
Oh, Operation Cinder. That's it. Cinder, there you go. I knew it was something like that. And that was the one that uh, Aiden Versio was involved in, or at least in Battlefront 2, so... Right. So, hey, man, could you get Aiden and Mayfeld in the same fucking episode? Wouldn't that be dope? Fuck. So many things they could do, man. And here's the other thing, too. If you look at this, just the fact that he used War Mantle to explain this means that I've always had this vision that this is what Filoni does. Everything in his house is Star Wars. And at any given time, he pulls up any movie and that movie's just going. So he just pulls things. He's like, oh, well, it's Project War Mantle. We're going to make it this. I just have this feeling that he's deconstructing everything and putting the pieces together in a cohesive fucking manner. It's just, that's that's how I imagine Filoni works. He probably just really gets high and wears a cowboy hat and fucking goes, hey, you know, it'd be cool, but I like to think he's a little more deep. Well, he's apparently too old to smoke pot, according to Mars. Probably... Uh, Never too old to smoke pot, sir. Willie Nelson pisses on you right now, sir. I I agree that he uh, probably watches Star Wars all day, but he definitely stops it for uh, Murder, She Wrote, and Madlock on (laughs) back-to-back. While he's drinking his Metamucil. I don't don't know anything about his... Yeah, uh, you know everything about Metamucil. (laughs) I don't know what that is, even. I mean, I know there is a Metamucil. What does that do? It's 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 this weird thing called grains and stuff that make your bowels work like a proper human. Well, I, I obviously have never <laughs> done anything to make my bowels work like a proper. Yeah, I human. think I think his I think the, his diet does enough. <laughs> yeah, I shit I shit someone else's pants one time. <laughs> oh God, no! We haven't even got to the news yet. <sighs> All right, but that that is going to wrap it up. So. Yeah, uh, that is uh, the end of uh, episode three replacements, and obviously next week we'll be doing episode four. Uh, don't think we have a title or a plot yet, so the cleansing uh, of Nabu. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Alberto's saddest day. We're gonna. I want him to make sure that microphone is wide open when he weeps. <laughs> what? <laughs> Because, dude, we've never seen a Gungan post-fucking-fall of the Republic. It's true. There's never been a Gungan in anything after that. R.I.P. Peppy Bo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make it come true because I'm going to hit for the magic bong. And once I fucking smoke you dead, you fucking stay dead. That's how it works. So, so long, Gungans. <laughs> yeah, we really... Oh, we really need to see some fucking Gungans some fucking slaughtered. Fucking, you guys are fucking with animated shows. What the hell? Uh-huh. It's us. That's exactly us. Uh-huh. It I'm going to write those stories and like, they're going to be the most vicious empire killers. Like dudes are going to have like fucking Gungans, Gungan skin masks on. And it's going to fucking... That's have fucked up, man. Their skeletons make cages out of their fucking bones and put all the other ones in there. They got like walking awesome. monkey lizards trapped in fucking gungan yeah. rib cages. They're gonna fucking do the old the old hamster in the tube thing with with uh, monkey lizards. Hamster in the tube thing. Yeah, you put it in their butt. Whoa, boy. And you have the the the, the wow the, wow Mark. the the rat or the hamster has to eat its way out. 
That's that's affectionately called a Richard Gear, sir. <laughs> Richard Gear. You don't remember I, that story yeah, from back in the eighties? That rumor, actually, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So there you go. I hadn't heard it since the eighties, so it took me a few seconds to remember. Exactly. My brain is a slot machine of random, useless knowledge, sir. <laughs> like just bad shit to Gungans. Like you're making Alberto cry right now. Stop. No. Somebody I'm, makes Alberto fucking just... a Gung- Gungan puppet. <laughs> Alberto's just gonna hurt Mars someday. Weekended. Don't right. have to. He's just gonna hurt himself. <laughs> Fair. Mars hurt himself today. I almost, I did almost fall off a ladder in Tiny's driveway yesterday. Who let you on a ladder? Yeah, no kidding. Tiny just left it out in the driveway for me. Yeah, yeah, oh, so there was a random day. ladder. You're like, oh, I better climb that and die. No, I was, I was trying to get a shot. A he shot was trying to get inside Tiny's window while must he have was been a big, Must have been a big glass you're taking a shot from to get on the ladder. No, no, no. It was a, I, I did have a glass of water, though. Nah. Uh, who, were you, who were you peeping on? Yeah. I, I wasn't. I was trying to get uh, the last shot of my music video. Uh-huh. Was it an upskirt? No. Oh, it was boy. on top of somebody's head. <laughs> so it was an upskirt for one person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she could have... She could have looked up ice skirt, I guess. Uh, but was it cold out? You're not against wearing a skirt, Mars. I saw you wearing a dress on uh, mm-hmm. social media recently. Yeah, it was a nice dress, too. I wish I still had that. Would it fit still? Mm-mm. <laughs> Show off those games. Getting there. Getting there. I do have nice legs, but I... I, <laughs> I do. I do have nice legs. <laughs> I Who do. says I that? Do. I, I'm perfect that? For the, I am perfect from the waist down. Who says uh, that? Me. Yeah, you're the only one. I got, sure, I got nice I legs. I check, check, check out really the gams nice on legs. me. <laughs> I do. I'm, I I am. I, I have a shirt that says that. I have a shirt that says I broke Wahoo's leg. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I I, I honestly, uh, I don't remember why we talked about the ladder. But uh, I have to go back on the ladder, too, a higher ladder, because the shot didn't work right. <laughs> So I've been trying don't to get this last yourself. shot for like. Please don't kill yourself. That'd be fine. But if you do, it'll be on camera. So there's always yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm actually holding the camera, so you won't tell what's going on. Just well, you'd like see the sh- camera fall. Yeah. And, and make sure it, a thud. And then make sure it, it it lands right in front of your face, so you can see like the blood coming out your eye socket and shit like that. You get that final fucking up close shot. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to do that, but I'll practice. It's dark. Okay. Yeah. That's good cinematography, sir. <laughs> it, it was a nice shot, too. It was somebody, like, uh, the main uh, character, she was standing, and there were these love letters all around her, blowing all around. Sounds sad. Wait a minute, lovers were blowing her? What? How many lovers were there, and how many of them were able to blow? Can you blow they me with love a, notes. Can you blow me with a pampers are? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> what, 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 what does that mean? Rocky knows what I'm just saying. Pampers. First of all, what the fuck is wrong with you that I'm you're co- wearing I'm pampers? I'm quoting John Favreau from PCU. Oh, that, oh God, from PCU. Fuck, dude, that's fucking way back. Yeah. Blow there me you where go. the yeah. pampers are. <laughs> yeah, blow me. Where, was it blow me? Yeah. Or was it? 
I thought it rhymed something, but yeah, it might be blow me where the pampers are. <laughs> so uh I'm gonna have to go look and see if I can find that movie. I haven't seen that in fifty million years either. At some point, uh yesterday early, uh I was walking down the uh main street of uh what's that, Southbridge? Uh uh and it was me in a priest outfit, a young girl in a schoolgirl outfit, and, uh. and a guy with a camera. Um, and uh, I had, a, I had a, oh, a folded up top and we really didn't uh, think about the, oh the, God. uh, what this looked like until we, um, dude, uh, we're walking down the road. Can you blow me where the Pampers is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. It wasn't John Favreau that said, she said it, she said it to him because yeah. he was like all high or something. And he's like, what? <laughs> Uh, you know who was fucking great in that too was uh, nobody gives enough credit to fucking um, oh goddamn it what's his name um, oh from Entourage and yeah, he was in yeah, singles yeah. and fucking uh, was on the Ellen show um, yeah what the fuck's his name yeah he was already gold in the Entourage show what the fuck is his name goddamn it he was fucking great in PCU too Jeremy Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven, there you go. Yeah, my fucker was crazy. I still love him in singles the best when he's like, man, remember when you came up and you were mixing Public Enemy with fucking uh, uh, Elvis Costello, man? And he started doing the fucking scratch and he was like, okay, what's so funny about peace, peace, peace? It <laughs> fucking cracks me up, dude. Jeremy Piven's like a cool... Uh, um, he's not cool. He's all right. He's, he, well, he's not cool. Oh, He's the wannabe Van Wilder, just nowhere near as cool as Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I was going to try and think of so I can't remember the dude's name. Uh, he He's, He's like the cool Joe Rogan. Uh, Cause, cause yeah, Joe um, Rogan's not very cool. Uh, I don't know. I don't see too many character qualities of those two side by side. Jeremy Piven's more like, you know, he reminds me of uh, in Animal House. Um, Remember the fucking more yuppie of the cool guys from the frat? Um, can't remember that actor's name for shit now. But it was that. He was like the cool yuppie that hung out with the fucking heads but could also cross over to the frats if he needed to. Yeah. Anyway, yes. I don't know how we ended up there. I don't know either, but <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's move on to some news. And then we do, actually, you know, before we do news, we do have a voice message. It may be related to this episode, so let's uh, go ahead and play it. And it is from uh, Mars's favorite son, Pabst. Breezy? Pabst. Oh. oh, shit. Pabst just got fucking, got knocked him down in peg. That's all right. He, he pa- gave Pabst. me a high hat the other day. That's all right. All right, let's hear from Pabst. you. Don't even listen to your dad. Come hang out with your cool uncle. We're going to get big and watch some Clone Wars. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Pabst. Following his recent comments about fucking children, the individual known as Pabst is no longer associated with Dynamo Mars. This has been a public service announcement. <laughs> so nice. Let's hear it twice. Following his recent comments about fucking children, the individual known as Paps is no longer associated with Dynamo Mars. This has been a public service announcement. (laughs) Damn! Paps is like, I need to lose my teaching job. (laughs) Yeah, that that was taken out of context. 
I think no, you could even no, lose your no. garbage man job fucking saying I know Mars after that. Yeah, that's fucked up, dude. Your favorite son just fucking yeah, he dis- put you on the fire, son. Disowned you, man. No, it's fine. No, I think I think he disowned uh, you. He literally said. Yeah. He's out of witness relocation and looking to make a fucking point, sir. I still have Alberto. <laughs> you never had Alberto. That motherfucker's been plotting your death since I've known him. Well, how are you? Yeah, I didn't think you were going to die of old age like any day now. I'd probably make a more concerted effort. <laughs> wow. Dude. Your kids are revolting. It's an uprising at the House of Mars. No, I was saying I hate fucking children in Star Wars. Well, most people no. hate that in general, no yeah. matter any walk yeah. of life, really. I'm pretty much against Mars that. Only hates you really want to say. Mars only hates it in Star Wars, though. You know what? I think I'm. I think I'm fucking gonna go on a boycott. I think I'm with fucking uh, Paps, man. I'm just gonna fucking. I'm disassociated now. I think that there's been a revelation. <laughs> the Book of Revelations. <laughs> yeah, Paps just made me really sad. Well, the only way to go from here is uh, I don't. Let's talk about some news. There you go, Rocky. He's two weeks in a row for you. Oh, my God. That's like almost professional and shit. All right. Well. In an alternate universe. Yeah. Professional. <laughs> uh, I don't think there is a ton, but uh, apparently Star Wars Celebration Anaheim uh, moved up to May 26th through 29th, 2022. So for those that care and uh, may attend. Uh, looks like maybe things will be back to normal next year. So, back to normal next week at this. Well, fuck yeah, Jesus Christ, that's too soon, man. Eh, I'm vexed. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I am too, but a lot of people aren't. Yeah, at this point, it's your choice. <laughs> true, true. Around here, you can literally walk into a place and stick your arm out, and they'll just stab you. <laughs> like. <laughs> that's Mars just stabbing people you know I had that happen fucking in Atlantic City some fucker tried to walk up and stab me with a needle that's usually the time you run so. that, happened to me. that happened to me in Worcester once oh boy that actually explains more than you know <laughs> yeah look especially <laughs> look like Mars oh my god that's what you're going to turn into you're going to hit fucking 35 and it's just going to mutate I was trying to give you vitamins by trying to give your mom protein. I'm so sad. So apparently, I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently someone uh, broke up uh, Solo into a six-episode series, like basically like where you'd cut it if you were to make it into a series. Uh, Whatever. We have the movie. I'd rather just watch the fucking movie, but kind of interesting that they were they did that. They found kind of six discreet ways to kind of break it up. Um, kind of non-news, but uh, Marvel head Kevin Feige, Feige has says he has no ambition to take over a leadership role at Lucasfilm. I don't. I don't think that's a good idea. Anyway, let him be comfortable doing the job he's doing at Marvel, and we all know what we say they need to do over at Star Wars. Yep. Miss Kennedy needs to fucking wake up, realize that what those two gentlemen over on the Star Wars side have given us needs to be embraced. 
also a few days ago was the birthday of the creator of all of this. Uh, George Lucas turned 77. Um, today, his jowls turned 77. Jeez. Uh, May 14th uh, was the man's birthday, so uh, we wouldn't be doing the show without him. And despite what some people may have to say about the prequels or whatever, like he made an amazing fucking universe that um, persisted for 40 fucking years, you know, 40 plus. He he created a sandbox for our minds to play in for fucking 40 fucking years, dude. And it doesn't matter what your entry point is of any of it was if it got you there and you love it then fucking so be it yep. your favorite one may not be my favorite one but at the end of the day it's still star wars and it gives us more of what we love so yeah all you motherfuckers who just like to keep fucking getting sand in your crack shut the fuck up he, he was involved in the creation of indiana jones as well so true he'll true. always be aces in my book that's true and even if you know whether or not you you have like a you, you, what you think of George Lucas, um, you know, there's there's just no denying what he did transcended. It, it basically made uh, fandom, you know, like right. and and he's oh, yeah. and he's a he's kind of a good dude at the end of the day. Like all that money he got from from the Disney sale, he fucking donated every penny. If I'm not mistaken, it's fucking insane. Dude, at the end of the day, he has more money than fucking any of his generations of kids will be able to fucking spend. So the sale on that was more him wanting to, you know, put somebody who cared about the property. Yeah. yeah. You know? Still just fucking crazy, though. You'd think maybe, you know, eh, maybe I'll keep $100 million or something, you know? <laughs> but nope, he just gave it all away. <laughs> well, first I got to buy my own planet, and then after that, what's <laughs> left is yours. <laughs> Uh, looks like uh, Andor is uh, returning to the forced location of Black Park, um, which was a location that was used in the filming of the sequel trilogy. So I don't know where. Um, I think that's somewhere up in. Uh, was that the one that they constructed? Oh, shit. I can't remember the name of the Scandinavian country. Greenland. Was it Greenland that they were filming? Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Iceland. Is that the Icelandic one? Um, It looks like it. uh, So the sequences they filmed in Black Park during the sequel trilogy were um, some of the stuff for Takodana and the Resistance base scenes. So that's uh, what they use. So I don't know if that means that that's where and or will be taking place or if they're just using it for, you know, for another planet or something. It makes sense that it'll probably be those places, especially if there is a resistance base. I did see the, uh, I did see um, some tweet photos from the set where they had uh, a cityscape built on the set and they were using the same tech that Mando uses. They had the screen around it, but uh, some of the building fronts that were actual, you know, tangible structure that they built looked really cool. Whatever the fuck they were filming on that set. I'm like, I can't wait to see this fucking scene because the surroundings look fucking cool. Oh, okay. So the Takodana was where um, Maz Kanata's was. 
Oh, and where Ray and where Ray first encounters Kylo Ren. I still love that sequence of saber use in the sequel trilogies when they're going through the little stone, yeah, alleyway and shit. That was fucking intense. Um, let me see what else here. Star Wars droids. It looks like it's headed to the UK Ireland version of Disney Plus next month. Wow, that means it's done. So you're probably waiting for Bad Batch to run its course. Oh, yeah, you're probably right about that. I was just wondering why wouldn't they do it here, but that makes sense. Uh, Plus, we don't know what type of show it is. It might be more geared toward an audience there and they want to see how it plays first. Wait, Disney, this is not the new thing. I think this is uh, so this the is, old 3PO animator yeah, one. Yeah, I think so, yep. Yeah. It says droids will join the likes of other pre-Disney Lucasfilm content on Disney+. Plus. So I think that that's, okay. I thought it was the new show. Um, okay, and I think that's pretty much all I got. Did you guys have anything else? Not that this is this is not Star Wars related, but uh, John Boyega apparently announced uh, a sequel to yes. Attack the Block, which is fucking awesome. I know I'm so stoked for that. Super hyped. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I love the first one. Uh, Mars actually showed me that movie. Um, I hadn't seen it. I, I want to say it was like 2007 or something like that, Mars. And you're like, oh man, you got to check this movie out. And uh, I remember we watched it at your place. I only I saw it after they cast so him. After they cast him, they talked about that movie. So it was on our Netflix or one of our streaming services. So it was on one night and I put it on and fucking was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I fucking did. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Watching movies in my basement back in the day was like a weird uh, Russian roulette. Like sometimes you get attacked block. Sometimes you get uh, a movie about lesbian uh, schoolgirls fighting zombies. Um, Swim teen schoolgirls. Uh-huh. Okay. Or was, it was super uncomfortable. Like three dudes in a room watching like like a thinly veiled soft corpo on that one. Like, <laughs> or what was that? Uh, what's the movie with the monkey dude? Those B movies. Oh, Teen Ape. Teen Ape, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember his name. Teen Ape. Teen Ape, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can, let's not I'm already in enough trouble. We're not going to talk about teenage. <laughs> oh, shit. Fucking you know what, Journey? I'm about to jump into again that I haven't done in a long time. Fucking uh, one of my services just came up with the entire run of Farscape. So I think I'm going to fall down a Farscape fucking well for a few weeks. Fargate. I never watched it. Farscape? Yeah. Oh, dude. Farscape is one of the most insane, fucking weird sci fi shows I've, ever fucking made. I saw, so, actually, I saw a few episodes. It didn't, um, uh, Henson do the puppet work? Uh, I, I think they did design the pilot, if I'm not mistaken. Um,. I- yeah, I don't they, recall. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, they did. Um, produce. It was produced by Jim Henson Company. Mm. Oh, was I it? Like, wow. I don't like nerdy sci-fi stuff, though. And they were also responsible for the various alien makeup and prosthetics and two regular characters, the animatronic puppet Rigel and Pilot, are entirely yep. creature shop creations. Oh, nice. I knew Pilot had to be related to. He's got the sort of fingerprints of Henson when you look at him. 
Um, but uh, I will say this, man. That show goes some dark, twisted places at times. So it's fucking not really the show you think it is. It's one of those shows that will surprise the shit out of you. So when are we doing a review of that? The Farscape. I I do want to add because I've been pumping it up all week. Um uh in the uh Star your, Wars comic inflatable, universe. Your inflatable Nikes. Yeah, and my air shockies. <laughs> uh those take a different pump. Um the uh the storyline in the Star Wars uh Marvel comics right now is starting called War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, it, 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 awards, like, yes. it, it hits with, um, issue 12 or 13 of most of the, uh, the series. Um, and it runs through all of them and it's basically, uh, about, I don't know if the comics caught up or, uh, jumped back or where it, where the comic is, uh, in the timeline. But right now it picks up after Boba Fett, uh, leaves cloud city, um, but a little bit of history we didn't know he loses Han. Oh, so they're doing that story. There's that's a series of books in the old EU. So if that's coming out in the new comic run, then they're setting up, uh, like you said, Book of Boba Fett. Um, you know, that post thing, seeing Boba Fett and some of the shows taking place before would make a lot of sense because at the time everything went tense up and credits were no longer valid. A lot of the unions went. I mean, essentially, in in that issue 11, uh, Boba uh, Jabba found a way to get around assassinating the dude who runs the banks now because he wouldn't get in bed with Jabba. So um, he uh, basically staged an accident uh, that sounds like Mosque. And uh, it. it, uh, it was pretty cool, but it was neat. Like that's what made me think of it. It was neat to see like Jabba didn't have that power, you know, at the beginning of that story. And now he has it, you know? So, um, the power like, struggles of the, the power struggles of the underworld and star Wars were always great books back in the day. So if they yeah. really dig into that, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And that main, uh, I can't remember that. I always forget the fucking bounty hunter's name, but he's like a cyborg. And uh, Dengar, no, Dengar was uh, he's in cahoots with Dengar right now because they're looking for Boba Fett, though. Um, uh, I can't remember, I think it starts with a V, though. Um, but like, yeah, he's like a he he looks like a Terminator with half his face gone, and he's got Tony Stark style like hand lasers, pew pew. But uh, yeah, the book is the books are awesome, and for me, I worry that I'm gonna start recollecting all those books after this because uh, it's uh, in addition to being its own like uh, little two issue book, it uh, crosses over at all the Star Wars books. So that's pretty awesome. It sounds nice. yeah, it sounds pretty cool, and I've I've seen some stuff about it, but glad to hear that you're digging it. I've been yeah. seeing the panels you post up on Facebook. But once again, out of context and, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, they're not, I mean, it's definitely a fan service book more than the other ones even because, you know, everybody loves those bounty hunters and they don't like, you know, like if well, you that's just why I was, get. 
I saw you posted a panel that had four lamans look because that's what I was saying. Yeah. If they're showing up in the comics, they might show up in one of these fucking shows. Yeah, they're they're main uh they uh they are main antagonists um right now in that book. Um they're also you know, clean Dan- slates for people who want to create who these characters are, right? right. Make them something a little more yeah. you know with Dengar there uh was a prisoner of those pirates. The uh the, the weak way pirates yeah, yeah that's cool. so it's 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 all pretty cool and like you know there's it's it's very like i said it's very fan servicey because i mean you got a whole issue of boss hunting people mm-hmm. so there is a great fan film that's very much predator is really what it is but uh i forgot what it, i posted it on our facebook page got like a month or so ago um that somebody did it. That was the whole premise of it. This small attack squad of rebel troops went to hit this prison bunker to get somebody out. And when they get there, um, Bosk was sent to track one of them. Arno was sent for the same prisoner that they were there for. So, like, the whole end of this little fan film was Bosk tracking these rebel troops through the fucking jungle. It was fucking really well done. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll track that down. We should make a sitcom about uh, the sexual tension of, uh, like, of Peppy Bo's house and, and Bosk becoming uh, the housekeeper called Who's the Bosk? Oh, God. God. Peppy Bo, Samantha. <laughs> oh, wow. What was the theme song to that? I was going to start singing it. I could remember it as soon as I they were lyrics. No, no, that was for good times. Yeah, I was about to say that wasn't anywhere near it. Oh well. I don't remember. Fuck it. Let's see if we can pull it up. There you go. Just for your rock. Okay. <laughs> My nipples are so hard right now. <laughs> Why? You thinking of Mona? Wait, wait, wait. Shh, shh. There's a time for love and a time for living. You take a chance and face the open road and a road that's hidden. A brand new life around the bend. I just want to wave at my neighbor who's watering his lawn. This is a fucking good jam. <laughs> you have to do this now, Rocky. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a TV night. Yeah, you gotta do somewhere. it. God, I just want to walk up and fucking rest my forearms underneath fucking Mars's man teeth. <laughs> what? It's just shaking and squeezing so hard right now. Oh god! I I got a I got an okay rack. You could probably make that happen. I know. You, I've seen. You have perfect I've legs seen. and an okay rack. Yeah, he can hold firm. a coffee mug under his left one. It's pretty impressive. No, they're not like that. They're not. There's no flop. They're very no still. flop. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyone else? Oh, have any, anyone else have any more news? A, a lady of my age would be very excited to have such uh, firm, supple breasts. Still, <laughs> their beak up. Um, yes, there is a little piece of news that only came to mind earlier when you, when when Mars first entered the fray tonight. Um, I'm a huge fan of this show. Like. This was this was my thing when I was a kid. It was my Star Wars substitute that brought me joy every fucking week. Um, Star Wars it looks substitute like, teacher. Yeah, 
but was also Hello, my second. You sit down and shut up. <laughs> but was <laughs> damn friend. Wow. Fucking... Just picture Rocky uh, in the classroom in that scene in Billy Madison. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the on the desk doing the twist. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Man. Actually, I was probably right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny it. it may or may not have happened. Um. But anyway, uh, it turns out that those uh, stories of God right around right before quarantine is when the first one of these stories started popping. But it looks like it is actually a thing. Um, George Clooney, who I actually do really dig as an actor, especially when he plays weird things. Uh, fucking he is actually putting the money forward to produce for Netflix. They're going to do a fucking uh, Buck Rogers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, and, dude, I, like once again that show was my youth and i fucking still adore it to this day and of course will aaron gray is the most beautiful woman that has ever walked this fucking planet um fucking that has me so excited because i really hope they lean into sort of the campiness of it and take us to that fucking buck rogers world with the fucking visual aesthetic and stuff Mm -hmm. if so it's gonna be because so many things in the early days of the prequels like especially episode one with the clone outfits and stuff like that reminded me of those old buck rogers fucking comics and cartoons and stuff like that right so and flash gordon and that sort of thing so anyway that just excited that's my only other star wars tangent news is just if this goes forward i'm on board and especially if the rumor is that he's doing this so that he can play buck fucking george clooney as buck rogers Sign me up all day long, motherfucker. Fuck Rogers. Wait, Fuck. are you telling me that you think that Ricky Schroeder's stepmom is the most beautiful woman that ever walked the earth? Oh, God, I forgot she was on that show. <laughs> That's funny. She should have taken him out at the time. Uh, he's, he's a terror. It's true. Now. Yeah. Did you did you also forget that uh, Jason Voorhees' worm, worm flew into her vagina and Jason goes to hell? Who could forget? Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the greatest scene in cinema history. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I had a history. I can't remember a goddamn thing. Ah, uh, fuck. Yes, Aaron Gray, fucking Wilma Deering was the fucking end all be all of my existence. Well, then now you know more about Rocky than you ever wanted to know. There you go. Oh yeah, more Kleenex have discovered oh, fucking Jesus. the trash bin. Weren't you like nine? I'm sorry, I've reviewed it. I said I just reviewed it at the beginning of the fucking pandemic. Yeah. I'm going to review it again. Finger quotes, review it. Yeah. <laughs> As in Section. pause and slow-mo. <laughs> but no, what made her great, you can't pause and slow-mo because what made Wilma great is fucking, she was a badass. But she was also hot as fuck, but she was hot as fuck in that She's also very smart and cunning sort of way. It's not just it's not just the sexual thing. It's the mental thing, man. I want to fuck her mind too. You got some issues to work out this week. Um, I am. Anyway. Uh, I am. Um, I didn't start snapping the carrot till much later in life. Thanks, uh, a little bit, Alberto. Alberto, I want to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> right now, just say it. Can you wait a little bit? Yub nub. <laughs> oh, no, no, yub nub. Yeah, yub nub. Oh god. I only got one job. Make us in the show. That's why he's sticking around. Yep. 
All right, well, that's going to do it uh, next week. Episode four of The Bad Batch. Come back and uh, check us out. And uh, if you want to leave a voice message for then us. Then I cut after this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if they're still uh. with us, then nothing's going to stop them. Uh, forceinsensitive at gmail.com. Send us a message. Say goodbye, everyone. Hey, you love me, Pat. Alberto. No. Where are you now? In fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs>